Okay, everyone, we are here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Getting set up. All right. Thank you for joining me today, New Hope Radio. I'm going to tell you something. Radio is awesome. Isn't it? Radio is such an awesome venue to bring the Word of God. It really is. We never want to take it for granted because it's there, you know, all the time, wherever you are, the radio is there. We're so glad to be on the radio with you today. And you know what else it does with Christian programming? It brings you great life lessons. It really does. Have you learned any great life lessons lately? I got one for you today. Oh, that's a good one. One of the best lessons that you can learn about life. Here it is. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. <laughs> true or not true? Very true. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. Now, there's going to come a time on planet Earth when this has never been more true. And it will cause those who do always do what they always did. They're going to miss out on the greatest experience ever. The greatest experience. And actually, they're going to enter into, uh-oh, one of the <laughs> worst experiences ever. Now, in our series, we're noting some of the things that Jesus said that make you say, Jesus said what? He really said that? He said that, and he said some you know, startling things. Our last time together, Jesus said, I'm getting married. And uh, we talked about the marriage of the Lamb. Awesome event. I hope you're going to be there. I hope you are part of the Bride of Christ. Well, Jesus gets married. In our time together, now you know what he says? I'm coming back. Yeah, he's coming back. The return of Christ. You know, the return of Christ is a guarantee. <clears throat> a few things in life are guaranteed. Most things are not. But one that is, is the return of Jesus Christ. We also know it as the second coming. And you know that he made his first appearance on the earth as an innocent baby, right? Placed him in a manger, feeding troth in a stable 2,000 years ago. You also know that he's going to return a second time, this time, to set up his kingdom. Yeah, that's why he's coming. He's coming to set up his kingdom. He's going to bring judgment, and then he's going to bring rulership. Now, when we speak of the second coming, this is something we need to know. You've got to know this. When we speak of the second coming, we're not speaking about his return in the air to take up the church to be with him. That's called a rapture. Now, some people don't believe in that. You know what I say to people that don't believe they're going up in the rapture? I'll wait for you. <laughs> I'll be up there waiting for you, okay? All right. Now, the second coming is with reference to Israel and his kingdom. Now, remember I gave you a timeline last time, and try to visualize this timeline. Try to visualize a circle, and it represents the Old Testament, 4,000 years. Next to that is another circle. That represents the church age, 2,000 years. 
Then we've got a little tiny circle. The Great Tribulation. Seven years. Then we've got another big circle. The Kingdom. A thousand years. And then the last circle. The New Earth. <laughs> Eternity. So there you have it. Now, prior to the marriage of the Lamb, we are in the betrothal or engagement period. Right? As a believer, when you said yes... I accept Christ as my Savior. You became engaged to Christ. We're called the bride of Christ. But back in the first century, a woman that was engaged but wasn't married, she was still considered a bride. And it took a legal document to break the engagement. You know that? That's how serious it was. So we are in the engagement period. And because of that, we are expected to be faithful. Yeah, faithful to our husband-to-be. Now, how do I demonstrate faithfulness? It's very simple. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13, gives us a very simple scripture. That we are to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which we have been called. That's all. If we are engaged to Christ, we need to be worthy. Walk worthy. Don't humiliate him. Don't embarrass him. Don't give him a bad name in the world. Walk worthy. Say, hey, man, I'm going to be married to Jesus. That's a high position. And enjoy that. And give a proper representation of someone that is the bride of Christ. Now, what will life be like at the time of Christ's return with his bride? Once we're married in heaven, we're coming back to earth. That's called the wedding processional. We're coming back to earth for our marriage supper and the honeymoon. Yeah. So what's it going to be like? Well, Matthew 24, 36 gives us a glimpse into what life will be like on the earth. Jesus said, no one knows the day or the hour. The angels in heaven, they don't know. The son himself, he doesn't know. Only the father knows. So Jesus is, is, Jesus is saying, in his humanity, he doesn't know when he's coming back, but the Father will tell him. Luke explains it a little bit more. There's a little more detail with Luke's explanation. He said in Luke 17, Just as it happened in the days of Noah, so it shall be also in the days of the Son of Man. That means when Christ returns. Oh, they were eating and they were drinking and they were marrying and they were being given in marriage. Right? In other words, they always did what they always did. Okay. Life just went on without much concern for eternal things. And then Jesus said, uh-oh, until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came. See, once the trouble came, they started thinking about eternal things. But it was too late. And Jesus said, when the floods came, it destroyed them all. So, you could say they bought and sold, planted, built. Life as usual. Actually, they were living in obedience to the command of God. Be fruitful and multiply. Subdue the earth. You'd ask, okay, where's the sin in that? Good question. The sin was not in doing these things. It wasn't doing them until the flood came. That is, oh, they did nothing else. 
They did, they did nothing else in their life but the natural things. They didn't get into the ark. Today, it's not much different, is it? People are so busy building homes for themselves on earth, they're neglecting to secure a home in heaven. They're more anxious that their children should make a good match on earth than that they should be united to the Lord. They are much concerned about their case in court that they have forgotten that they must stand at the judgment of God. Wow. Verse 39 gives us a very sad commentary on the end days. They did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So the people in, in Noah's day, they didn't really know what was going on because they didn't take it seriously. And then Jesus said, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. It's going to be just like that. People are not, here it comes, they're not taking it seriously. That's all. They're not taking it seriously. You know, you can enjoy life and take God seriously. As a matter of fact, the more you take God seriously, <laughs> the more you'll enjoy life. You ever think about it like that? So what Jesus is saying is that at the time of his second return, life will be going on as usual, and not many will be looking for his coming. They'll always do what they always did. Now the next series of verses describes to us what is known as the baptism of fire. Okay? You read that in scriptures, right? The baptism of fire. Now, be careful. Oh, be careful that you don't get these different occurrences and people confused like some do. Some people have a misunderstanding of the baptism of fire. They think it's good. Let me tell you something. It's not good. Jesus explains it. There'll be two men in the field. One will be taken, one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, one will be left. No one is exempt. I call this the separation of best friends. What is this separation that's going on here between people, between men, between women, right before the Lord returns? One taken, one left. You know what God is doing? The one that's taken, he's removing the unbelievers from the earth so Christ's kingdom can be established. He's leaving believers on the earth to usher in the millennial kingdom. And he's removing all of the unbelievers. That is not the rapture. That is God removing the unbelievers from the earth so he can establish his perfect kingdom. Now, Matthew chapter 3, we have a good explanation of what I'm saying here. John the Baptist he gave us a glimpse of what this is all about. It actually came in the way of a warning. Let's see what John the Baptist had to say. John said, as for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. Oh, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. I'm not fit to untie his sandals. 
He'll baptize you, here it comes, with the Holy Spirit and fire. Two baptisms. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clear his threshing floor. Oh, and he'll gather his wheat into the barn, but he'll burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. That's the baptism of fire. What's that winnowing fork that's in his hand? It's a wooden shovel. It's a five-pronged pronged fork called a winnowing fan. And it's used for tossing the wheat up in the air and the grain after it's been crushed. And the wind will blow away the chaff and the seed will fall to the ground. The good stuff falls to the ground, the bad stuff blown away. The wind blows away the chaff. The baptism of fire. And that's what he said in the end of verse 12. John said, he'll burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Folks, that's the baptism of fire. The Old Testament prophet Malachi, he also warned the people of Israel of the coming of Christ. This is way back in the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 4. He said, behold, the day is coming, oh, it's burning like a furnace, and all the arrogant and every evildoer will be chaff. There it is. There's the chaff. And the day that is coming will set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it leaves them neither root nor branch. What's going on here? It's the baptism of fire. See, Jesus promised two baptisms. The baptism with the Holy Spirit is regarded as salvation. When the Holy Spirit baptizes you and places you in Christ, that's your salvation. Oh, but the baptism of fire, that's judgment. Fire oftentimes stands for judgment, the presence of God in judgment. So, in summary, Jesus will return when people least expect it. They'll be living life as usual, carried about with the routine things of life. Again, the only problem being they do it without God. They do it without a concern for the things of God. It's not good. And then when Christ comes back, people are going to be separated. Some will go into the kingdom age. Some will go into punishment. You see, if Jesus Christ, when he comes back, again, now this is after the rapture. This is at the end of the tribulation. People will get saved in the tribulation. And at the end of seven years, Christ returns. We come back with him. And he removes all the unbelievers from the tribulation, and they go into judgment. And all those that get saved in the tribulation, they go into the millennial kingdom. So let me give you two things to do while waiting, because, you know, we don't know when this is going to come. We know the rapture's coming first. So if you're alive today, 
and you're a believer in Christ, this is not for you. The rapture's for you, not the second coming. But number one, here's what we need to do. Stay spiritually awake. Because Jesus said in Matthew 24, be on the alert. You do not know which day your Lord is coming. Be on the alert. Be awake. Be watchful. It's a mind thing. It's in your thought life. It's okay if God is in your thought life. That's great. When God is in your thought life, he's in your natural life as well. Number two, do your work diligently. Do your work with one eye on heaven and one eye on the world. You know, it's like you're always looking up, right? <laughs> always looking up. Looking up for the Lord. Right? Now, next time we're together, we're going to take a look at the judgment of the great white throne. Oh, man. You know, that I don't like to preach that message. It's very sad. It's very sad to talk about people going into the great white throne. And because it's at that place that they receive their sentence into the eternal lake of fire. It's so important to be alert and watchful. Two words to remember. Alert and watchful. Isn't, doesn't that make sense for any aspect of life? When you're on your job, you want to be alert and you want to be watchful. How about when you're cooking a meal? You want to be alert. You want to be watchful. You don't want to burn the dinner. You know, you don't want to, um, you got to keep your eye on the children. If you have little kids running around, you got to be watchful of them. Make sure they don't get into trouble. You know, when you're driving your car, you got to be alert and watchful. See what's going on around you. I used to ride a motorcycle. I got rid of it. You know why? People were not alert. And watchful they weren't I'm like forget it man I'm not gonna let these people in my life I'll do something else instead and I did but it's something that we really need we need to be alert and watchful in the natural sense and we also need to be alert and watchful in the spiritual sense because like Jesus said you know the people in the days of Noah they were not alert and watchful they weren't they, they always did what they always did. And they always got what they always got. They didn't get what they could have had. Salvation. Deliverance. They weren't delivered from the flood. You know why? Because the whole time Noah was preparing, they didn't care. They didn't care. You know, there's one thing about God. God is love. God is grace. God is merciful. God is patient. God is long-suffering. But you know what he's not? He's not sentimental. He's not. You know what sentimentality does? It bends the rules. Sentimentality says, oh, oh, shucks, okay, all right. God is not that. Because God doesn't bend his word. His word is true. And everything that he says in his word will come to pass. Everything. 
There are things he says, they're really good. We like them. And then there are things he says, oh, they're not too good. But they're coming to pass too. Like we're going to see next time with the judgment of the great white throne. Oh, these are things that are going to happen. And that's why as the church, right, what a, a wonderful privilege and a responsibility we have to share the good news of Christ. That's why that little booklet, I'm going to make it available again today. My little booklet, it's called When I Disappear. And it's about the rapture. And, you know, we've all ministered to friends that don't believe like we believe. But when the rapture comes, no one's going to know what happened. But in the little booklet, it'll tell them what happened. And maybe that'll be their salvation. Maybe that little book will be the very thing to say, Oh, my friend told me about that. I was laughing. I didn't believe it was going to happen, but it did. Oh, no. Now they're gone. Where's that book? Where did I put it? I got to read that again. And you read that little book and you say, Oh, and then you know what? Perhaps they'll give their life to the Lord. And yeah, they'll go through the tribulation, but they'll be saved in the end. People that miss the rapture can still get saved in the tribulation. And it'll be tough. Oh, it'll be tough. It'll be, it's going to be a one-world government, one-world money system, one-world religion. Are you kidding me? It's like, what? What's wrong with these people? I'll tell you what's wrong. Satan's on the throne. That's what's wrong. He's going to bring everybody into unity and oneness in a false way. So these so-called or the, the, the newly professed Christians, they're going to struggle. Oh, it's going to be very difficult for them. But at the end, and when Christ returns, the baptism of fire, like we said, removes all the unbelievers. And they're on the earth. And they will go into the millennial kingdom. Now, here's the difference. We go into the millennial kingdom in our glorified bodies. They go into the millennial kingdom in their natural bodies. Like, what? Yeah, because they haven't died and they haven't been raised again. So they're still living in a natural sense. But we come back and we have physical bodies, but these are our resurrection bodies. Oh, we have so much more advantage in the resurrection body than over the natural body. That's why, you know, when when's the hour of salvation? Right now. Right now. That's not something you want to put off. That's something, when you have the opportunity to do it, man, you do it immediately. First time I heard preaching from the Word of God. First time. Never heard it before until this particular night. I was invited to a church service. And the preacher, he spoke about the first message I ever heard, the Great Tribulation and the Mark of the Beast. And at the end of the message, he said, if you'd like to give your life to Christ, raise your hand. My arm went up like the space shuttle. <laughs> I said, me, me, <laughs> save me. <laughs> and I, I didn't go home and think about it. I'm like, oh, no, man, right now, right now. I want to do this right now. I'm not wasting any time. I want to do it right now. And I did it right there. You know, that's one of those things you don't wait on. You don't waste time. And I say, well, let me think about it. No, not when it's your eternal destiny that's involved. Because you know why? There might not be a tomorrow. There might not be a next week. Oh, there might not be a tonight. 
Now is the hour of salvation. And if you've never received Christ as your Savior, now is the time. Today is the day. You acknowledge Christ. Lord, I believe you. I believe you are God. You came in the flesh. You shed your blood. You died for my sins. They buried you in a tomb, but man, you rose from the dead. You ascended into heaven. And I believe no one gets to the Father but through you. That's the good news. That's the good news that Jesus Christ wants to share with the world. And that's the good news that he wants us to share with the world as well. Do you know it? And are you sharing it? Thanks for coming along today. Don't forget, I'll just remind you about the Hope Club anyway. Go to newhopecc.tv, click giving, then click e-giving. Choose a radio fund, $3 a week, man. You can just commit that on your honor. Fill out the info. We'll send you an email devotional every day, Monday through Friday. And don't forget about the Hope Club podcast. You can listen to many, I've got over almost, I don't know, over 150 messages just type in the hope club podcast and you are there get all these fine messages hey thank you for coming along today we'll see you next time for more of new hope radio